The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi, everybody. I am back doing a solo episode to kick our Monday off. I hope that you guys have a wonderful Monday if you're listening to this on Monday and whatever day if you're not. Um, This one's going to be a short one. I know I say that all the time. I mean it this time. And I don't know um, if it'll apply to everybody, but I do know we have a ton of entrepreneurs in our audience. And this stuff is really important. So the whole idea of Vivid Vision by Cameron Harold is helping entrepreneurs and founders set that three-year vision for their company such that all of the people that are involved in getting that business there are aligned and essentially marching to the beat of the same drum. And so this actually, the whole reason I even downloaded this book, it was Audible, um, is because there were people on my team um, that had expressed that we just didn't have strong vision. We knew what we were doing day in and day out really well, but in terms of what we were doing long-term and how that actually moved the needle, we were a little unclear. And do you know the worst part of it, to be completely honest? is that like my team members brought this up and I didn't have a great answer. I knew what I thought our vision was, but I didn't know broader company, um, what it was that we were working towards. We had like pillars, of course. We had things that we were um, looking at essentially, but when it comes to like tangibly how the revenue team would actually implement a lot of these changes to help us get there, it was a little unclear. So I downloaded this book and I just had the the best Saturday morning ever. I woke up early. I threw it onto Audible. I went for a long walk, stopped at a coffee shop, brought my notebook with me, listened to like four or five hours worth of this book, and then wrote down a bunch of stuff in my notebook. And I'm a little torn because in hindsight, this is all stuff I should have known. <laughs> There's nothing in this that is totally revolutionary. However, I feel like the way that it's constructed allowed these light bulbs to go off in my brain. And so I figured if I got this benefit from it, I might as well share it with all of you and hopefully you can get that benefit too. A couple of setup things here. Number one, this works if you're a solo entrepreneur. This also works if you have a team. There are literal benefits and applications regardless of your org structure. This works for a side hustle. This works for a full-time job, especially if you're involved in leadership of any kind. This is definitely your domain. But even, I can tell you, even as an individual contributor, if you're not in a leadership position, this still applies. Every single company needs this stuff. And actually, you're probably in a great position if you don't have something like this and you don't know of something, that's a problem. And so you can actually help your organization by thinking about these things and bringing this to their attention. So although it sounds very niche for our entrepreneurs and shout out to all of you that are listening, it doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs. So Vivid Vision, 
let's kind of jump into it. The importance of having a vision first and foremost is so that you focus on the right things right now. If you've ever heard the term reverse engineering, this is so, so critical when there are 9 million opportunities, 9 million different things that you can do throughout your day. How do you decide what is top priority? And to rely on your gut is so short-sighted, in my opinion. I've done that for years and I've seen it burn me before because I didn't have a good framework for identifying what was the critical few versus the trivial many. If you guys listened to the Essentialism podcast, those are familiar terms to you. Um, And so... The beautiful thing about setting a vision is it's far enough in the future that you can then reverse engineer what needs to get done between now and then. Having that system for reverse engineering allows you to look at two options and say, okay, does this get me closer to my vivid vision? Yes or no. And then pick the one that does or pick the one that does the most. This is actually something, (laughs) if anyone's listening, this is going to sound familiar. I get um, a lot of friends friends of friends, family members of friends, former colleagues, you name it, they'll reach out to me and they'll say, hey, I'm just not really sure what to do with my career. These are the things I'm evaluating. Can we just bounce ideas off of each other? And we get into those conversations and these poor people are probably expecting like, you know, ideas and whatever. And I just come with questions because the truth is I'll never know their situation. I'll never know the details of what it is that lights them up and stuff like that. So I just ask, I say, what do you want your next three to five years to look like? What's important to you? What does your lifestyle look like? What does your income look like? What does your work-life balance look like? I have all these questions that I ask. And then I get these people to kind of brainstorm a little bit. A lot of times they'll have to go back and do that on their own and then we'll revisit. And when they do, then we start to piece together all of the different career paths, roles, companies, whatever, that get them closer to that vision. And so for me, the idea of just blindly shooting a dart and hoping that it that it hits the bullseye is just way too risky. I would much prefer to know what I'm working towards and to use that as kind of a litmus test for what I work on today. So really, really important stuff. Focus on the right stuff now. The second thing is it keeps your pace up. When you understand how much distance you need to cover between where you are today and where you're going to be tomorrow, it helps you keep momentum. And you know that you don't have that much time in a three-year plan, for example. You need to keep your pace up. There's no such thing as a lazy quarter or a lazy H1 for example, like you don't have time to waste. You need to move. And so this is really good for for keeping momentum. And what I found, especially in a revenue organization, momentum breeds momentum, right? It's really hard to go from a great month to a slow month or a great quarter to a slow quarter. Typically what we find is it tends to be in much broader um, waves, if you will. So momentum number two. Finally, the most important, I'm not joking, the most important is having your employees understand what it is that they're working towards. So they told a really amazing story. And I know it's like a fake story, but it helps solidify this concept. So you go up to three people that are all making bricks. You ask the first person, hey, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm making bricks. And you're like, okay, great. You go to the next person. You're like, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm making bricks to build a building. And you're like, oh, cool. Okay. Sure, we don't know what the building is. We don't know how many bricks we need, but yeah, we're working towards building a building. Good for you. Then finally, you go to the last one and you say, hey, what are you doing? And he says, I'm building bricks to build a massive place of worship so that every person in my city can come worship God. And you're like, 
Uh, I'm going to take a guess at who's the most fired up about building these bricks. It's not the people who just think it's for the bricks. It's not for the people. It's not the people who are just sitting here thinking they're building some random building that doesn't mean anything. It's the people who see the long-term benefit of the bricks that they're building. Like that is so important. And that is exactly what so many teams out there are missing. And so I would really encourage you, if you're a functional leader, if you're the owner of a company, if you're CEO, whatever, um, make sure that this exists on a company-wide level. Also make sure that this exists on a departmental level, right? You have to understand how what it is that your team is doing or that you're doing day in and day out is contributing to that broader vision. So really important stuff. Um, There are a couple of um, examples I could tell of where having vision really helps. Um, the, the first one is with visualization. And this is something you guys, I'm stepping into a role that I wasn't prepared for and I'm trying to do as much preparation as possible. And I was like, you know what? I hear everyone talk about manifestation. I hear everyone talk about visualization. I've never really been into all of that. Like even mindfulness in general was never a big priority until the last couple of months for me. And I started making a change. And I would literally, before big meetings, I would sit there and I would think about how I wanted it to go, how I would show up, what my tone would be, what my questions would be, when I would talk and when I wouldn't. And I know this sounds so detailed and like overbearing in some ways, but I'm telling you, any contentious meeting, and contentious is a strong word, but like any meeting that had potential to to turn, never did. And I literally would leave that meeting feeling how I'd visualize I would feel regardless of the outcome. Like that's the thing is like I could literally sense, you know, how I wanted the talk ratio to go. I could visualize if I wanted us to be smiling or serious. I could visualize us telling jokes. I could visualize us getting straight to the work. I could visualize how I wanted them to leave the meeting feeling. And I'm telling you, it helps so much. And so the other thing here is like athletes, pro athletes, if you look at the Olympics, I just spent the last couple of weeks watching the Olympics. Every single athlete is sitting up there with their eyes closed right before they're about to start their race and or whatever it was, whatever the event was. And they actually talk about a lot of these professional athletes in this book and how visualization is such a major component to what it is that they do. Before the long jump, they're sitting there and they're imagining their feet hitting the certain line that they're aiming for. Um, Yeah. And I just think that once your mind is set on what needs to happen, your body follows. Honestly, nine times out of 10, once your brain knows what's happening, your body follows. Okay. So how do we do it? Three-year vision. The reason it's three years, by the way, is that it's far enough in advance to actually affect real change, right? You can do some serious damage in three years and it's also close enough to still feel real. If you're picking a 10-year vision, People, there's data to show that people are really terrible at estimating what they can get done in a month versus a year, let alone 10 years. So it feels a little obscure and like almost like a guess at that point. Three years is just tight enough to actually feel real and still give you time to make a difference. So another um, point I'll make here is when you're thinking about your vision, I originally thought vision was a vision statement. I originally thought mission was a mission statement. And what I'm learning is that a vivid vision is not two sentences about why you exist, right? And the important thing here is that this is actually a lot more detailed. They actually gave an example in the book. I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this, but they were like, yeah, um, to someone who had never seen um, 
the sound of music. If we were to describe to you that scene where they're on a hill and they're dancing and singing and whatever, we could describe it to you, but the chances of you picturing exactly what we're describing are very slim, especially if we only did that in one sentence. It doesn't matter how strong our word choice is. If we only gave you one sentence and we wanted you to visualize that scene, it's very unlikely that you would do that. However, if I gave you four to five pages and I said, here's you know where the sun position is, here's what the ground looks like, here's what you're hearing, here's what you're smelling, you would get a lot closer to that final image than you would if I just gave you a sentence. The exact same tactic applies here. This is going to be a three to four page document, very likely. And depending on how big your company is and how many departments there are, it may even be longer. And that's okay. The importance here is to have every single person that you work with understand where you're going to be in three years as thoroughly as possible. And if that takes three to four pages, amazing. Let that happen. Um, And then you're going to ask yourself a bunch of questions. And I have them listed out here. I'll also include them in the description so you can go back to them if you're interested. But you're going to ask yourself things like, what do you see? So if I, and a good tactic here is to imagine that you're filming your company in three years. So you've got a camera crew, they're in, they are recording everything that they see and catch on this camera. And um, if you think of it that way, it'll be really easy for you to pull apart how it feels and how it looks. So what do you see? What do you hear? What are clients saying? What does the media write about you? What do your employees talk about? How far is your reach as a company? How does the company run day to day? What kind of stuff do you do every day? What will the company's financials reveal? How are your core values lived out by your employees and by you? And how will you define success? Those are the questions. I'm going to reread them really quickly here. So what do you see? What do you hear? What are your clients saying? What does the media write about you? What do your employees talk about? How far is your reach as a company? How does your company run day to day? What kind of stuff do you do every day? What will the company's financials reveal? How are your core values being lived out by your employees and by you? And how will you define success? All Such important questions. And if you go through and you actually write out all of this stuff, then your employees will have no choice but to understand where you're going in three years. Three tips. Number one, get out of the office. Don't do this in the same environment that you do day to day. You're going to get too caught up in everything that needs to get done. And this is going to get squished into a much smaller time block than it really should. And you're not going to give it your full attention. Second tip, do this on pen and paper, not on your computer. Again, it comes down to distractions, but it also comes down to you being selective with your word choice. So we're not just throwing things down for the sake of it. Actually making the effort to write word for word out on pen and paper will help us use our discretion and make sure that only the things that truly deserve to be there get onto the paper. And then finally, focus on the where you're going and how you're feeling, not how are you going to get there. This is like the number one trap that I fall into. I can daydream, no problem, but I need to know how I'm going to get to that daydream. I need to operationalize it. I need to put a plan in place. It's not enough for me to just say, oh yeah, one day I'll do this. One day I'll have this. One day I'll feel this. I need to have a clear vision for how we're going to get there. And the truth is that's where you get tripped up. A vision is not meant to be operationalized yet. That's a whole other exercise that we can talk about if that's interesting to you guys. But the number one thing is a clear picture of where we're going three years. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're in a leadership position at a company, or if you're an individual contributor, I hope that this 
breakdown was helpful. I hope you understand the importance of a vision. And yeah, I hope that all of your companies are better off for it. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. I really appreciate it. And I love all the feedback that we're getting on these solo episodes or the book reviews and things like that. Keep those coming. If these are helpful, let us know and we will keep reading books and doing podcasts about them. Anyways, we will be back in a couple of days with another episode from Allison Statter, who is just a lovely human being. You're definitely going to want to tune in for that one. And we will talk to you then. Bye. 